Hey, what's happening, good people? This is your boy, Marvin Shaw, and we are joined by the man, the myth, the legend, Mr. Molane. And this is The Beard Always Wins. It's a movement, it's a lifestyle, and more importantly, it's a podcast. And listen, I have an exclusive, uh, you know, you know, it, it's cool when you have an insider of the program. That's what I'm going to call Mo. He, he's my, my UK insider. Um, but listen, but before we get that, like I said, we if you listen to the last episode, then you already know there is a free giveaway uh, that's being provided by Neekly Scented Candles. Like I said, if you like to smell good and you like your house smelling good, this is the... This is the contest that you want to enter. All you got to do is just like and share. Listen, just find us on Instagram, The Beard Wins 9. They wouldn't let me put The Beard Always Wins, but listen, The Beard Wins 9 is where you're going to go. When we post this link, just like it and share it, and that, that's your entry. And we also have It's the Zen For Me Soap, who are, giving, who are giving us soap to give away for you people. Give away to everybody who listens. Not everybody, but that one lucky listener. So listen, Neekly Senate candles.com and it's the zen for me.com the best soap you'll ever use and mo when i tell you these candles and this soap that is organic soap like organic bath bombs hey you can't you can't get this from best from uh what's the place uh bath and body works it smells better than everything that's in there so like and share and then listen let's just get into it so mo you were at the game yeah, man. Tell tell me how was it? How how was it being at the uh, UK LSU game? So first, I got to give you a little. You know, I got to give a little background. So with me having been a former player at Kentucky, um, and with me having a, a a history with LSU, a not so fond history with LSU <laughs> because of my plan. Uh, it was special to get back to not only a homecoming game, but get back to a homecoming game versus LSU. Now, with that being said, I show up, and this was my first game this season. And um, I've been to, you know, I've been to our, our stadium before many times. Uh, but after what happened against Florida last week or the week before, um, I was like, I know it's going to be rocking. I know it's going to be lit. From the moment I stepped in, it was it was on fire. Like, and that's, you know, you expect a certain atmosphere with some of these SEC schools with a tradition and the history that's, you know, since the 70s and the 80s of, of football. But I'll, I'll be honest, you know, even playing at Kentucky, you don't necessarily expect that same type of electricity when you come into uh, when you come into Commonwealth Stadium, Kroger Field, and it, it, it might have been as lit as it could be. So I was I was pumped. From the moment I, uh, I stepped on stepped on the in the stadium and all the way to the to the end, man. So it was it was it was a good environment, good environment. So 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 were you? Did you rush the field? Did you storm the field? No, well, no, no. It was not, it wasn't like that. See, the thing about storming the field, like with the Florida game, I understand storming the field. Yeah. With the LSU, not not a knock against LSU, but in my mind, this was expected. This is the the way that we've been playing. And the way that they've been looking, I really, I didn't, I didn't want to make it seem like it was a big deal, or I was surprised that it happened. Uh, so no, I did not storm the field. I will say though, one of my buddies, one of my old teammates, was on the sideline, and I was a little bit jealous uh, because he didn't give me a sideline pass. I, I actually <laughs> sat up in the stands, um, but he had a chance to be kicking it, uh, to, to kick it down on the uh, sideline with uh, Sydney McLaughlin. I don't know if you know who that is, but she's an Olympic. Uh, track and field athlete yeah. who in the UK. He actually just 
uh, won the gold medal and broke the world record uh, in Tokyo. So uh, that was kind of cool, and I, I missed out on that. But I was I was with a lot of good friends and a lot of good people up in the stands, so it was cool. That's what's up, man. That's what. And look, just to provide a little context, you know, most little and during the pre-production, I, I told him I'm proud of. Him. I googled my boy, and um, he, he all SEC academic honor roll for the years he played at Kentucky. Um, you know, I like to think I, you know, I, I, I had a little hand in that because I said, hey, Mo, he's eyeing him down our freshman year and Mo stepped in and the rest is history. Um, but you know what? I'm not going to be like Ali and say I, I take credit for Mo's career. But I got to say, you know, hey, Mo, tell the truth. I did tell you, hey, he's eyeing him down and Mo got that pick too. So. No, that's true. That's and that's that's a story. That I, I won't spend too much time on it, but that's a quick little story worth telling because a lot of times people look at you know uh, any type of success and they think, oh well, if this person is successful in any way, shape, or form, it's because they they did this, that, and and things worked out because of hard work and determination, which is good and true. But on the flip side, a lot of it is just opportunity and seeing things like, Armand, we standing on the sideline in the ninth ninth grade, right? Yeah, we. we we're standing on the sideline, and you pointed out we were talking about the slants, and I didn't know that uh, you know that a freshman would be going into the game, you know, getting getting a chance to get a snap like that. And when you pointed it out, and I actually got a chance to get into the game, which I thought would only be a couple, one you know, one play or one or two plays, and I'll come out the field. Uh, but you pointed it out. I went out on the field. They threw it. I got an interception, and. You know, for lack of better words, the rest is history. So, I got to give you your props. I got to give you your props. Hey, and you know what's crazy about this? And, and, and I'm going to let the world know this. Like, I was happy. I was so happy. Like, it, it, was, it was never – that's one thing I can say about our class. Like, we never hated on each other. We were just always happy. Like, if it was – like, I, I felt like I got the interception because you, you was out there. And I was just like, yep, yep, look at it. And we were just happy. That's one thing about it. We've always been happy. Uh, we've always been happy for each other. But um, but check it out. So listen, let's let's address the elephant in the room. Um, you know your Wildcats, your, your Wildcats are um, coming to, coming to Athens Town, right? Uh, I think they're number, yeah. number eleven, right? Number eleven. They're gonna face Georgia, who's number one. And um, before you give me any thoughts on the game, uh, can you tell me like? How was it playing in Sanford Stadium? And do you think like it's a true home field advantage? Uh, yes, I, I, I can answer that very quickly for you. Um, it is a true home field advantage, and playing in Sanford Stadium is not like uh, playing in any other you know uh, place. Obviously, they got a lot of crazy fans that support the Bulldogs, right? But then the actual stadium itself, you know, like that environment is different. You got the hedges. I mean, you, it's, it's just a it's, it's a different type of place to be in aside from the fans who make it, you know, make it kind of electric. So when you add in the fact that uh, they got a great uh, a great place to play, they got great fans, and they've been absolutely dominating people uh, all season. Uh, it's I mean, it's it's, it's going to be it's going to be tough, and Georgia's definitely going to have that advantage playing at home. So, gotcha, gotcha. So, so what does Kentucky have to do to win? So th- this is what I always say. Um, I am a Kentucky fan, alumni, all that good stuff, but I'm a realistic football fan. And, I'm, and, and I look at things, I try to look at things in an objective way. And 
Kentucky's got to do a lot to win this game. If I'm being realistic, if I'm being honest, Georgia's defense is probably one of the best front sevens that I have seen in college football. Now, if you you could probably go back to the 60s and 70s before I was born, maybe find a better front seven. But in my lifetime, I don't. It's, I'm hard pressed to find a better college front seven. So, in order for Kentucky to win this game, not only are we gonna have to do a lot of things right, but Georgia's probably gonna have to do a lot of things wrong. And I would say the keys to victory for Kentucky would be turnovers first and foremost. We got to get at least two turnovers. One of them either has to score or set up an offensive touchdown. So maybe an interception around the 10 or 15 yard line. Um, and then we also have to have some type of special teams uh, assistance to give us some pretty good field position because scoring points on Georgia is going to be tough. You're not going to put together a 75, 80 yard drive, you know, and take a couple of minutes off the clock. That's not going to happen. So you got to manufacture your points in more of a creative way. So I think defense and special teams is where we can get an advantage if we uh, if we play the way we're supposed to play. Gotcha, gotcha. Um, like when I when I think about my, my thoughts on the game, I think about Georgia from the Georgia fan. Like I said, I'm a fan. I'm not a fanatic. I'm a realist. Um, I know that Georgia is playing defense is is what it is. They are dominant. They they are truly dominant. The best Georgia defense I've seen out there ever. Um, the only other defense that I could think that was remotely as good as this one might have been that Miami, one of those Miami defenses. Um, I think SC had a real dominant defense um, in 2010 or 2008, 2006. Um, but other than that, this defense is nasty. Um, and I think this is a way, like, I think when we were in school, we, you know, we're playing. Um, that's how we, we always wanted to be, like, just dominate. Now, the one thing I can say like George's offense, we don't know who the quarterback's gonna be. Is whether it's Stetson Bennett or JT Daniels, and but I think what should be a note is that George is doing it with a lot of backups. You know, they're they're not scoring fifty, sixty points, but a lot of backups like Lad McConkey, three star, uh, come out of nowhere. Um, Brock Bowers, who's a freshman. Um, who else? What's well, out there? <laughs> you know, the running backs are what they are, but as far as the receiving court, oh, A.D. Mitchell, um, another three-star. They might have been a four-star who didn't get a, a whole lot of, um, you know, hype coming out of high school. So is that just as – to me, that's just as impressive as the defense dominating when you're doing it with your backup quarterback and third, fourth-string receivers. Yeah, I, I got to agree. And, now, you know, what that speaks to – that speaks to the – the depth that Kirby has created by the way that he recruits. Like, you know, you look at, this is a good good example. You look at Kentucky and you look at uh, Georgia. Now, coming into this game, I found out that we were going to be down three starters, right? Well, for us, being down three starters is going to change the complexion of how we play defense and how and, and offense, right? We, we, we'll, we are going to have to change some things. Georgia has recruited at such a high level that they could be down three, four, five, six starters or rotational guys, and you wouldn't even notice the difference. And I watched the uh, the Georgia game against Bandy, which they totally dominated. Yeah. But I noticed that I noticed that Jordan Davis only played like six snaps, <laughs> like the wow. the whole game. And I was like, it's, it's, it's they recruited a different level. So I didn't even know that. That's one thing. I, I, yeah, yeah. And I watched yeah. the game. And I had no idea he only played six snaps, but yeah, 
it, it might have been more, you know, more or less give or take a couple, but he didn't. He didn't play a lot. Gotcha. He didn't play a lot. Gotcha. All right. So, 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 what's your prediction? And I'm not asking you for a score. Just who you who you think's gonna win? I know who you want so to. Win, I, but yeah, yeah. My, my my heart is telling me that we we can uh, we can pull off the upset. And I and I do believe. I don't want to make it seem like I'm you know I'm I'm throwing it in the towel. I do believe, given a certain set of circumstances. Kentucky has a chance. And I'll tell you why I think we have a chance. Uh, if we can get turnovers and if our special teams can show up, it's because our strength, Georgia's strength is the, the front step, the front seven on defense. Yeah. Well, our strength is being able to run the ball on offense. We have the SEC's leading rusher and the number five uh, rusher in the nation right now. And Chris Rodriguez, who is probably a three-star recruit from the state of Georgia. But if we have a chance, it's going to be up front. We got to be able to run the ball. Um, and I don't want to give a score prediction, but I'll just say Georgia's 24-point favorites. And if things go as planned, they'll probably be pretty close to covering the spread uh, if things go as planned for Georgia. Gotcha. You know what? I, 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 like, even me, the fan of me, and that's my home team, um, I, I, got, I, don't, I got Georgia winning, but I don't got them covering the spread. I got them by 14, maybe, you know. Yeah. Yeah, that's that's just that's just me. Now, uh, speaking of three star recruits from Georgia, uh, there's one at Kentucky, Tisdale. How's he doing up there? Uh, Tisdale, you know, I get a lot of questions about Tisdale. Like, Tisdale is good, man. He's 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 solid. The, the, the thing is, he's behind uh, Chris Rodriguez, and he's behind Cavassier Smoke. Like yeah. those are two guys that are, they're a little bit bigger than him, right? Yeah, they've been in the program. Obviously, a, a little longer, and the way uh, the way Stoops plays running backs. Uh, if, if you've been in the program, you you know you, you've been around. You go, you're going to get a, a, a leg up when it comes to playing time. So, I think Travis Tisdale is a, a great back. Got he's got a, a burst that maybe some of those other guys don't have as far as um, as far as overfield ability. But he's got to wait his turn, man. He's just got to wait his turn. Gotcha. Gotcha. All right. So I know you've kind of been. I know you had a great weekend down there in Lexington and everything. You just getting back, but um, so John Gruden resigned today. Um, <laughs> he, he he resigned today. I'll be honest with you. I'm laughing, but because I, I was like, there's no way he survives this, right? There's no way he survives this. I don't care, you know, what you say. It's just no way he survives this. My only question was like, why did it take so long for it to come out? Um, you know, any thoughts on the on, on, on old Chucky, Coach Chucky? Yeah, and I'm kind of laughing too. And I'll tell you, uh, I really wasn't up to speed on this until I was driving back from uh, from Lexington. I was I didn't follow the story that closely. I knew he made the comments about Demoris Smith. Yeah, right. And I had heard about that, but I didn't I didn't know about the other stuff. And I saw, I think I saw a clip of Randy Moss on television talking about it. Uh, and he was emotional. And I was like, wow, this is going to be a pretty pretty big deal. He's going to have to do some apologizing or whatever. But after I heard about all of the other, you know, comments that he made on, I, I was like, there's absolutely positively no way he, <laughs> there's no way he, he makes it out of this. No way, no way he survives. Yeah. Um, I, I do hear people saying, uh, cancel culture because this happened in 2011, right? So you got to kind of you got to kind of wonder who was sitting like I know the NFL did an investigation and it had to do with the Washington uh, football team, 
But you also got to kind of think, who is just sitting on this information that long? You know what I mean? Like That's, that's what without, I'm saying. <laughs> without reporting or leaking or sharing it. Like, it's, that, that's kind of crazy. Uh, but yeah, it's just it's it's bad all around, man. He's, yeah. he's done. He's and he, done. And then you know, um, the Davis family gonna have to pay him that hundred mil, uh, which I thought was like the worst contract you could possibly give a coach for from a team. You know, ten years, a hundred million dollars. You know, you're locked into that into that contract. So hold on, are, hold on. Are you saying they? Will, I don't know. Are they? They will have to pay him. Well, no. They like he resigns. So I'm pretty sure that's some arbitrary. He'll probably get you know a little bit of it. But, but yeah. Now here's something that didn't take long to manifest in Rear's ugly head. Uh, your boy, old Urban Meyer. Um, I guess he was, you know, listening to what Trump said, just grabbed by the you know what. And um, <laughs> unfortunately, you know, that was those words from Trump. But they actually caught Urban Meyer doing this. So, with the Jaguars looking like they're going to be, you know, got the first two picks in the draft, one or the other. Uh, how long do you think Urban Meyer is able to last in Jacksonville? Yeah, he, he didn't help himself. He did not help himself at all. Uh, so, Urban, Urban Meyer, Urban Meyer already came, in my opinion, he already came with a couple of question marks when he showed up in Jacksonville. Like, aside from the stuff that happened in Columbus, Ohio, I'm talking, um, you know, I'm talking about football. Like, yeah. he, I wasn't sold on Urban Meyer as an NFL head coach, you know, and then and then to have this this whole situation, which I will say, this is a person. That's a personal situation. That's that's him, his wife, his family. Like I don't think it has anything to football to do with football. And for the people who say, "Oh, he should be fired," he should be fired. He should be fired because he was zero and four when this happened. Yeah. Not be- you know if he does get fired, it's not because because this happened now. Granted, that does not show a whole lot of focus and a, and a whole lot of responsibility for, you know, upholding all the things that you say you're supposed to uphold as the head coach of a team. But is that a fireable offense? I, I would isolate it. I don't think it is. Terrible judgment, but I don't think it's a fireable offense. So if he gets fired, it's because he's a, a bad coach. It's not it's, it's not just because he did that. Yeah, I, and I'm, I'm with you on this, right? Um, now, the only thing I had questionable was the same thing I think Keyshawn Johnson said. Okay, why aren't you on the plane headed back with your team? You know, especially after you lost. I could see if you survived, if you won, and you said, hey. Or better yet, why not just invite the whole team to your restaurant? You know, say, hey, we're going to stay here. Um, this is going to be a surprise whether we win, lose, or draw. You know, y'all come to my restaurant, and then we're doing this together as a team. But, you know, it just seemed kind of selfish. And it backfired. Like at this day and age, and I and I tell I tell people this all the time. I say if you got if any type of fame to you, right, just stay home because everybody has that cell phone out. Everybody, um, I mean, just stay home. Don't be a square. Be a square. I mean, like how many times like you see athletes? Um, I saw a video of Zion uh, Williamson getting into a fight with two dudes, you know, at a club. Um, the whole, uh, what what was uh, Malcolm Wayne, you know, butt naked with a land on the shark. Like, these things, like, listen, just stay home, be a square, because somebody's going to find a, a way to, you know, demonize it, or it could be something innocent. I don't think Urban Meyer was innocent. But, um, <laughs> you know, he knew what he was doing. But <laughs> just 
you know, stay home and you don't get your hand caught yeah. in the cookie jar. Yeah, yeah, and you know, I think I think it was probably he, he was probably feeling down and he probably wanted to blow off some steam. He probably wanted to kind of have a good time and enjoy himself. The, the the thing is, as the leader of of, of the organization, you you, you just got to wait until the off season to do that, right? I mean, as the leader of the organization, you cannot party after a loss in the middle, of, like, and you leave your team, and you 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 decide to do this alone. That's how I knew he was on a mission. That's how I knew. That's how I know he was up to no good because he decided not to go back with the team to Jacksonville and do this on his own. And it was just like, bro, you you, you got to have better judgment than that. Now, had that been a rookie, you know, a twenty two year old rookie on the team that did something like that, you know, we probably would write it off. He's young. He's just being dumb or whatever. With the type of money that they invested in Urban Meyer to be the head, the face of this franchise, and the experience that he has leading Utah, Florida, Ohio State, it's absolutely no excuse for him to be doing this in the middle of the season after a loss. So, Yo, that, yeah, he, yeah, that was uh, – I don't know. It's, I, I can really do is just laugh at it and just be like, okay, yeah. yeah. So um, let me ask you this. To this day, I haven't seen the video. Uh, yeah, you, you don't want to see the video. It's, <laughs> it's one of the most awkward videos that you will see, like – why? And let me just say this. She had on jeans. I don't know what he was doing. But that's all I say. Oh, I saw a still photo, but I haven't seen the video. So. Yeah, like like I said, you 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 really you really don't wanna um see this. So let me <laughs> let me ask you this here. Um the V the B T awards, the hip hop awards were on. Did you watch it? You catch any of it? None of it. Okay, good, because you didn't miss anything. Um, 95 South show, um, they came, or 85 South, right? That's what they call it, with Carlos Miller, DC Fly. Yeah, yeah. Yeah. Now, they killed it. They killed it. Now, the rest of it, other than Toby Weegway, um Ooh, I love, by the way. Man, I, I, I was just getting ready to ask you, because, like, him and Fat, like, they tore down the stage. Did, did they do 5-5? That's what they did. Ah, okay. I, I, I gotta go back and watch it, man. Like I, I watched it, and and I'm just like, it, it's crazy because I'm singing the song and everybody's looking at me at work. Like that, <laughs> that, that's why I was watching. They're like, "What you singing?" I'm like, "Yeah, Toby and Weekway." They're like, uh, "Never heard of them." I'm like, "Yeah, you, you, this is real hip hop. You might not have heard of them, you know." So, like, is there other than Toby? Is there anybody new that you listening to? Uh, not, not, I wouldn't say not new, not new. Um, I mean, I, I take that back. I listen to guys, but I'm talking about guys that I like and I'm going to go back at, like, I hear them, but I don't listen to these new guys. If you know what I'm saying? Like I hear all this stuff, but it's nobody I'm checking for. It's nobody new that I'm like, oh man, I got to listen to this guy. Um, not recently, not recently. Gotcha. I'm the same way. So with that being said, that I had this question designed especially for you, Mo. What's the last album that you rediscovered? And when I say rediscovered, like you listened to it, you heard it, you put it away, and then you came back and you listened to it, and then you was like, you know what? I probably should have listened to this a little bit more. Mm. I got to think on that. Uh, because, the, well, I mean, the last album that I rediscovered, like something that I hadn't heard in a really long time, and I went through and just listened to it, you know, front to back, was... Uh, was a criminal 
But I knew equipment I was legendary when equipment I came out. Yeah. So that's not that's not a you know that's not I I, I don't know man I, I I might have to come back to you on that. Like actually I listen to uh, Sade's Lovers Rock, but that's wow. I mean. <laughs> Yeah, yeah, I re-listened to that, but uh, from a hip-hop standpoint, um, I don't know. I haven't heard anything. I haven't re-listened to anything recently that I was like, oh, this is this is fire uh, that, that I didn't appreciate the first time around. I got you. And, and you know what? It's crazy because, like, equipment I was one that I, I could say that I rediscovered. Even though I heard it and was like, yes, this is it, but I hadn't listened to it in a long time. And then it just one song uh, came on. It was the uh, the art of storytelling that came on. <laughs> and, um, and that made that made me go back and listen to the album again. And I was just like, yeah, because see, Ryan and and, and Ryan and they climb and they were saying, you know, because I told them I like Aquamina a little bit better than AT Aliens, right? And. Because it just put me at a time like okay, I, I still remember buying equipment. Now. I was in basic training, get graduate basic training, and it came out, and I grabbed it. I put it in my CD player, portable CD player. Yes, people, they still have those, and I listened to it over and over again. I bought that. I bought Heart Not Life Volume Three and um, the Lauren Hill album. Yeah, oh, man, classic, classic, yeah. All, all three classes. Now, have you ever um, what what's the album that you slept on though? Well, I, I, I'm kind of ashamed to say this, but I'm gonna just go ahead and say it. Um, I've never fully listened to the complete album "Reasonable Doubt." I never listened to the entire album. Like I heard songs, you know, like the, the joint with Mary, and, yeah. and I, I heard like songs on Reasonable Doubt, but I never listened to Reasonable Doubt in its entirety. So, um, yeah, I, I would, I, I, I might, I might have slept on that one. I get that one, um, and I'll be honest with you. Like, the only reason why I listened to Reasonable Doubt was because I was in the army, hanging around with a bunch of New York dudes, um, and, and they would just put it on, and then. That made me go back and listen to it. Although I had, um, I remembered it, you know, like some of the, you know, the the singles that he had, but never really went and listened to it. Um, but volume three, I had volume two and I had volume three in my lifetimes. Yeah. So um, going back, listen to Reasonable Doubt. Now I can tell you um, an album that that kind of stays on repeat, and it's not even hip hop at all. It's uh, the Birth of Cool, uh, Miles Davis. Okay. That one there. Put me up. Mo, I, I, I will send it to you. Um, that one there, man, you, you put on, you push play, and Miles Davis is ahead of his time. Um, it's timeless. It's one of those things like, like usually I can't ride and listen to jazz, but I can ride and listen to Miles and not get sleepy. Okay. So. Okay. Gotcha. Gotcha on that one. So. Now, this is, I have to ask you this question here because it came out when we was in school, we was getting ready to graduate. Everybody went crazy over it. Um, but for me, I thought it was just uh, the first cure for insomnia. Uh, the Titanic is back, it's on Netflix. I don't know if it's back on Netflix, but it's on Netflix. Um, I think, I hate the Titanic. I think it's two hours too long. Um, I'm like, hurry up and sink the boat. Now, as a grown man, I tried to watch it last the other day. Couldn't get through it. What were your thoughts on it then? 
and your thoughts on it now. Another confession I got to give you, I have not seen Titanic to this day. And there's a, there's a lot of movies that I have not seen or that I had not seen that I just kind of got caught up on probably within the past five years. I just kind of got caught up on a lot of movies. I just, I didn't, didn't really watch a lot of, especially the big blockbuster movies. Like, I don't know, man. I just missed a lot of them. I didn't, I didn't watch them and I I haven't seen time, but I can't, I mean, I feel like because it was such a popular movie and you see clips and stuff, I feel like I kind of, I mean, I know how it ended, Um, but I haven't seen it. Hey, listen, the Lord has spared you. Um, (laughs) He knew that was three hours of your life that you did not need to waste. Um. Yeah, I I absolutely hate the Titanic. I hate the Titanic. I feel like um like Tupac when he was talking about Biggie, you know, and Bad Boy. <laughs> when it comes to the Titanic, <laughs> tell me why you hate it so much, man. Because it's boring, and the lady is selfish. At the end, they could have shared that piece of that piece of wood. <laughs> and, like like she's so she's cheating on her fiance, whoever's with her, with Leonardo DiCaprio. They're in the middle of the ocean, and he's frozen. And I'm like, you can't love this dude and <laughs> not give him a piece of the board. Like, no. So it was a shareable size. It was a, a piece of board that was big enough for both of them to, to share. Yeah, in my opinion. Wow. And wow. that's it. That's in my opinion. But that's that. That's that's the Titanic for me. So. um Real quick, let me ask you these questions here, then we, we go ahead and wrap this up. All right. Yeah. You gotta get rid of you gotta get rid of two of them. All right. You got Harlem Knights. You got Life. And you got the original coming to America. Which one are you keeping? Well, you can only keep ahead, one. You can only keep one. I can only keep one? Yeah. Uh if I can only keep one, I'm keeping the original coming to America. That, in my opinion, that's one of the like I could watch that movie over and over, like and it, it, it won't ever get old. So I mean, that's that's easy for me. Life, life is a classic. Life is good, but if I can only keep one, I'm keeping uh, the original coming to America, hands down. Gotcha. All right. So you can only keep one. You you can only keep one. You got AT Aliens. You got Aquemini, and you got Stankonia. You can only keep one. Man, that's tough, Vaughn. I don't, I don't know about this one because this is the way I feel. First of all, they're all classics, right? Yeah. But I feel like Outkast is one of the only groups that got better every album. Yeah. Like they got, they literally, and and it, it wasn't like they had a lot of room for improvement because they were already dropping classics. So that's hard to say. But if I had to pick one, because I most recently was listening to to a uh, to a Quimini, um, I, 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 I would, I would go with a criminal. Gotcha. Gotcha. All right. This, this is my last, my last, um, last, last, uh, question for you, right? Would you have sacrificed whooping them cats on that cold and wet November night for a state championship that year? Would you have sacrificed it? Ooh. And that's that's a tough one. That's a tough one. I got to think about that because you got to think how many years that it been since we beat Valdosta? Twelve. So it basically uh, for a high school kid a lifetime. Yeah. For 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 a high school kid like and we kind of turned the t- after we beat them then 
we kind of started a run. So we kind of changed the, 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 the course of football history in the Winnersville Classic. Yeah. Uh, but but you you don't play the game to win a regular season game. You yeah. know what I mean? You don't you don't you don't go to two a days. You don't wake up uh, early and stay up late watching film and lift weights in the off season. You don't do all that just to win a regular season game. You do that to be a champion. So, oof, it's hard to say. But if I could, you know what? Nah, I beat Valdosta and I win the state championship. That's what that's my. <laughs> yeah, I, I do both. And, and you know what? Like, do do the contrary belief. Um, like they 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 like to think that we only think about beating them. But I'll be honest with you, we never talked about them until we finished playing Cockwood. We we never did. We we never did. It was they were a goal. They were just a, like you couldn't get through. Um, just to let you people know, you could not win a state championship in our region without beating Valdosta. Like you had to. That was just part of the goal. Um, so before we wrap it up. Mo, I have to ask you this question here, right? Because there's been a, a big uh, concern. It's just not really a big concern, but just a thought that I've had, right? And people like to talk about successful programs, right? Whether it's football, basketball, um, you know, whatever it is, the sport. I, I, I've always said that there's only going to be one champion, right? But winning the championship doesn't really define if you're successful. I always felt like if it's a consist, if you're consistently competing. Um, if you're in football, you're making the playoff, making deep runs. Um, if you're in baseball, you know, you're winning your pennant and going to the – that's what I've always felt like a successful program was. Um, what do you deem as, as, as success when it comes in the world of sports from a team standpoint? Yeah, that's, that's a good question because it, I think it looks different on different levels, right? So if you think about uh, – let's start with college basketball, yeah. right? If you just measure success by championships, especially with uh, Coach K and Roy Williams leaving, and you know, if you just measure success by championships, you're not gonna find a whole lot of successful coaches, and you're not gonna find a whole lot of successful programs, right? Yeah. So in college basketball, when you look at and when I look at success, I look at how many runs have you made to the Elite Eight slash Final Four, because if you isolated to championships there's so many different variables that go into that and it's so hard to win a championship and the guys change every year so i think making deep runs obviously having winning seasons and going to the tournament is a prerequisite but making deep runs and elite eight uh final four appearances is how you do it now if you go to football in college football nick saban has kind of spoiled everybody to 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 think that you know you like what he is doing is his is it's unheard of but now we have this idea that you have to be undefeated and you have to win your conference and you have to win a national championship to be considered you know uh a success at the highest level yeah but if you're if you're a mid mid-level team or if you're in a power, power five conference but not at the top of the conference then success is if you can win nine, ten games every year, regardless of you know the championships that you achieve, I think that's success. And in the NFL, one one difference in the NFL is the regular season is so important in the NFL. Mm-hmm. Like because 
what you do in a regular season is going up. Oh, it's going to set you up for success in the playoffs. In NFL, just just win. Just if you can just win in NFL, it's, it's I, I would I would consider yeah. it a success because they get, they get rid of people so quickly. So it's it's a whole another level. Gotcha. And, and and the main reason I asked that is because I saw something on um, Twitter and they were talking about Mark Rick. And they were like, was Mark Rick really successful at UGA? I was like, yeah. And the reason why is because, you know, he played in the era of the BCS, right? Um, the BCS, you really didn't have that much margin for error. Um, he won, he, I think he averaged about 10, 10 wins a year. Um, couldn't get over the hump. But I felt like, hey, he was a success. He improved the program because before him, it was what, Jim Donnan? Um you know, and I just felt like he he was a, a success. So that was that was my reason for that um for that right there. So you got anything else, Mo? No, that's that's a good point you made. He left it better than he found it. You know what I'm saying? And if you if you come into a program and you leave it better than you found it, I guess you can you you got to be able to say that was a, that was a success. Yeah, man. And so um, I like to thank every time you come on this show. You leave it better than what you <laughs> what you found it, uh, and, I really, I, and, I, and I, I really appreciate you. And um, matter of fact, tell your friends to enter the contest, man. You gotta find the beard wins nine. When I tell you these candles, Mo, from Nicholas Center candles, like one candle, I got I got a pretty big house, like two almost two thousand square feet. To me, that's big. Um, one candle, set in the living room. As long as I open up all the doors, that it goes through the entire house. And then the soap from It's the Zen for me is organic. My wife likes it. Me, I love it because I don't have to put on lotion when I get out of it. I'm not ashy after using it. So, you know, I'm telling you. But this gift, the giveaway, is worth about $50. And um, there's going to be a surprise uh, gift in it as well. Um, yeah, so all you have to do is just like and share. We're going to share it. Um, on the beard wins nine on Instagram, the beard always wins on Twitter, and the beard always wins the the Facebook page. So, um, so yeah, man, you got anything else you want to throw in there? No, nah, man, I just uh, I just say from from a wildcat to a bulldog, um, good luck this 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 upcoming Saturday in Athens, and you know, made, made the best team win. Yeah, yeah, made the best team win, and I promise you, I, I, I I'm, I'm I'm gracious in in victory and gracious in defeat as well, and. I just shoot you the text. Hey, told you something. <laughs> <laughs> but just, I, hold on, I got, one, I got one thing for you, though. Okay. Because uh, I think a lot of people sleep on the running back, the, the running back at the University of Kentucky. I'm a big fan of him. Okay. He ran, for, he ran for like 124, 125 against LSU. Like I said, leading SEC in Russia. Do you think Georgia holds him under 80 yards? Under 80 yards. Hmm. Yeah, yeah. I think I think they go hold him under eighty yards. Um, and listen, I, I, this, this is what I do, Mo. Because I, I said by fourteen points, right? If Georgia does not hold him under eighty yards and they don't win by fourteen points, I will get a UK shirt. They don't even have to win, right? I will get a UK shirt. Take a picture in it and tag you in it. I'm going to hold you to that. Now, you said 14 points yeah. and under 80 yards, right? Yeah. All right. You heard it here. 
You Wait, heard can, it here. I'm going to hold you to it. Can we go 100? I know 100. No, 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 no. We said, we said 14 points and under 80 yards. Yeah, yeah. I, I'll see you here next week. Okay, so if they what, – what you got? You going you gonna to put on the dog gear if they do it? Uh, uh, let's see. I don't know. I can't be caught dead in dog gear, man. Hey. I don't know. Uh, Listen, if Trevor Lawrence can go head to toe – because he lost a bet. I know Dennis got some. I know oh, Dennis. I, I might. I might have to think about it. I might have to give you some different stipulations because I, I think he'll get eighty yards. But you said you said the fourteen points. I don't know, man. I, we'll see. We'll see. You know what? I, I'm in. I'm in. I'll put on a Georgia, uh, a Georgia. What is Georgia T-shirt? What do you yeah, that's Georgia shirt. That's it. Georgia, I put on a Georgia Bulldogs t-shirt, but they got to win by 14, and they got to hold them under 80 yards. Yep, and, and let, let me tell you, it's the first time I'm going to be looking at the spread, <laughs> being nervous. <laughs> this is the first time. I'm nervous already about it, but listen, it, it's a good it's a good wager, and listen, if I got to lose, I don't mind losing you, Mo. So, um, listen, with that being said, listen, I'm Armand Rashad. We got all-American SEC academic the man, the myth, the legend, UK alumni, Mo Lane on the Beard Always Wins. It's a movement. It's a lifestyle. More importance of podcast, people. Peace.